dying Christ destroyed our death, rising Christ restores our life, Christ will come again in glory. As in baptism, John put on Christ, so in Christ may John be clothed with joy. Here and now, dear friends, we are God's children. What we shall be has not yet been revealed, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Those who have this hope purify themselves as Christ is pure. Amen. As we gather here this morning, we gather in a time that indeed is a transitional time. The passing of one we love, it's never easy, especially when it comes somewhat unexpected, though we do know John's health has been failing. The other day, sitting with Michelle and speaking to Aldra and knowing all the family, this transition, it happened in a way I did not expect this year, but we do not know these things. Now, I never called him Big John, but that's what he's known as, Big John. Only 49 years old. My old mind. But to know John is to know family, to know faith, and to know uh, fellowship. He grew up on the Stewart farm with his parents, his Kendall and Faye who are waiting for him in heaven, and there they are meeting as of this moment there together. I know I asked about his career, and was told his career was having fun, was hunting. That's why if you will notice in all the hymns and the words today, we're going to talk about the outdoors, and we're going to talk about nature and how he enjoyed life. He did work jobs but his real job was living life. I could imagine, even though I wasn't there, when he would come in with his hunting club fellows, the Cedar Creek Hunting Club, the DC Blues, and the Fort Gun Club, he must have liked clubs so much. And he had his especially favorite uh, hunting dog, John Henry, that they would go into the store and tell great stories. I could imagine, especially with Kendall, I've heard, there'd be tremendous stories. Now, I thought about it. He's called Big John, and there was a song came out years ago called Big John. It was Big Bad John, but in this case, it's, it's Big Good John, and his dog was named John Henry, and that's another song, John Henry the Steel Driving Man. So apparently, country music was a part of this family in a strong and powerful way. He is survived by Audra, Michelle, Jay, Autumn, Alex, Barbara, Tillman, Johnny, Vivian, Glenda, and Charles, Troy, and the many, many cousins that we are all a part of. So here we are, celebrating the life that has been lived and now has been ushered into an eternal connection. We celebrate the love that has been given that now is being seen in fullness. We celebrate the life of a big man with a big heart. And we celebrate this family in this time of not saying goodbye, but saying hello as he is with his mother and father in the heavenly circles. Amen. As I was thinking about our service today and understanding 
how nature and creation is so important. Being a, being a man who enjoyed being outside and traveling in the sense of the clubs and you will see the hunter's prayer on the back of your bulletin. We pray our sights be straight and our aim be true. We pray no pain for the game we pursue. We thank you, Lord, for this land. We thank you for the sights and our stand. We pray for safety one and all. We pray we... What is the measure of a man? It's found in love. It is found in life. It's also found in death. For in death we find the true nature knowing that in Christ, death has no victory. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But our message today is about the good earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. To those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless this reading of the word, that today we may understand the good earth and the new heaven and the new earth that are being made for us. In Jesus' holy sweet name we pray. Amen. We speak of the good earth. We have to understand in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God has made the heavens and the earth in the beginning. And God proclaimed it good. We may live in a time that does not understand the nature of the good earth, but the good earth is especially known by those who walk in the fields and the forest and understand what it means to live on the good earth. Nothing like a cold breeze on a warm day. There's nothing like the sound, I guess, of that hunting dog going through the woods knowing that soon there will be a chase and there will be a victory. See, the good earth is experiencing life that we have been given, not something we try to create, and accepting what God has given to us. We each have mountains we climb. For some, they love to climb the Everest. They love to climb the big mountain and do the big thing. But others, they love just to climb the mountain directly ahead. The simple mountain that may not look like a lot to others, but it's more than we could even imagine. When I think of John, I did not know John as the picture that's on the bulletin. The picture's there in the foyer. I knew John as a man who had lost his sight, a mother and sisters and family 
uh, that love him so much. In fact, one of the things we did when I first came as pastor of this church is we uh, were able to help John get, uh, well, speaking computer, right? <laughs> uh, it's like an Echo, I think, or an Amazon. And he could ask it to play country music and it would play it. He didn't have to type it in. It was all voice driven. Yet, in many ways, even though he had lost his sight, he could see things we cannot. I've known that case with others who have lost their sight. They are aware with other senses become more heightened. And I think he knew his time was short. Even though we may not have realized it quite so much, he knew it because he probably could hear something in the distance, perhaps like those early days when he was out in the woods and out in the fields. Perhaps he could hear the voice. I've seen it happen with my mother and my father in the hospice ministry that is such a great ministry and it's such a great work, how the person who is passing and transition reaches from this world to the next. And John was reaching, reaching. What was he reaching for? Reaching for those he loved because they are waiting. We know this because there's evidence. People have witnessed it. They have gone through the experience and come back. And they say there is a tunnel of light. Now I cannot prove this. But what can we really prove? But... Right past that tunnel, the loved ones are there waiting, and they're welcoming, and they're accepting, and love is complete. And see, that's part of the good earth that tells us there's a good heaven, a new heaven that John is describing in Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven, and this new heaven is a place, and he goes through the parts of this life that have no place there. Mourning and crying and pain. He said these first things have passed away. That's important. And the reason that's important is it lets us know that life is not all about living. It is about loving. And it is about so much more. Years ago, when I was in the mountains, I rewrote my theology. It's not that the old theology was not adequate, but I felt like I needed something new because I needed to love at a greater level. I needed to live. I needed to enjoy. I found myself going in and out of the office with the staff and all the things, and I could not even see the mountains anymore around me. I'd become a city dweller, I guess, in my mind, instead of like John and others who know the place and the beauty of the earth. And that's the moment I realized I had to do something. And that first law, I call it, that first thing that I changed about myself is I realized everything is in motion. Sounds like scientific law, based a little bit on that, but it's really based on belief. God is not about sitting still. He's about moving us forward. And he moves us forward in life, in death, to that which is beyond life. He has given us a new heaven in which we're being called to. 
And I believe John was hearing the voices. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. I know we don't, hear, we don't want to hear that voice, but we should not be afraid, for it is not a voice of fear, of hopelessness, of finality. It is a voice of hope, of love, of peace. It is a voice that we who are blind can definitely see if we but listen. And here in the scripture, he's describing not just the good earth that we walk upon here, but he's describing a new heaven that God is making. And this heaven is a home. In fact, Jesus says in John, I go to prepare a place for you. And yesterday in the service from Miss Fanny, I mentioned how uh, in heaven there's an empty room that has our name on it. Well, that's the home. That's the new heaven. But now we get to the new earth. And he describes this new earth in the scripture. He describes how God has opened up this place that we are called to be a part of, a new earth. When I was a younger man, in fact, a younger theologian, I guess you could say, I had it in my head that somehow animals couldn't be in heaven. I don't know where I got it from. I have no idea. One day I was talking to my father who pastored for over 40 years. I said, Dad, I said, you know, we've had some wonderful pets, but it's a shame we're not going to get to know them. He said, what are you talking about, Jerome? He said, have you lost your mind? I said, yeah, it's true, you know. He said, you've been up there in that school with those great minds, and you don't understand a thing. You think God, who is as great as he is, couldn't make it so that we can't have these parts of our life. So you heard it here first. You heard it here that John Henry is barking away right now. And it's not a little yapping dog bark, nothing wrong with that, because some here I know have one. It is a deep bark. It's the bark of one who has missed his master and welcomes him home. See, that's part of the new heaven. The new heaven has skies that are crystal blue. The new heaven has water that is clear. The new heaven has no clouds. The new heaven has no darkness of any measure. There's not even shadows cast. The new heaven has no death. It has no element of this broken and sinful world. The new heaven is truly the good earth God created plus more. And that more it's the love of Jesus. That's what he said, the one seated on the throne. He said, and the first things have passed away. See, I am making all things new. There was another idea I had early in the ministry that somehow uh, that we carried burdens with us. And my daddy said, you know, a man who may lose a leg in the war, you think he's going to have just one leg in heaven? I said, no. He said, see? God's making all things new. So John is not only hearing, he is seeing. That's part of the new heaven. So whatever burdens we have, whatever troubles we know, whatever weaknesses we may maintain, 
whatever shortcomings we inherit, <laughs> whatever biological medical conditions that afflict us, in the new heaven they are no more. He is whole now. He is complete, for he is where he belongs. He is where he is a child. And then he said in the scripture, it is done. See, God's done this. We don't have to worry about it. It doesn't matter if we have faith as much as a mountain or as small as a mustard seed. It doesn't matter that we may think we're not capable or able. It may be that one person says this or that and it's holding me and it's hindering me, but it's not. It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. That's on the back stained glass of this church. Every Sunday when I preach, I look at that glass and I think of God's love that is complete from the first to the last, from the beginning to the end. And then he brings us back to the good earth. And he brings us back to the new heaven. And he brings us back to the new earth. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Hence, Spring Hill. Spring Hill. A church that believes in family, that believes in faith, and that believes in fellowship. A church named for a spring. And hunters always know where the springs are. Hunters always know where the water source is because you find the water source and you find what you're after as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer, it says, will inherit these things. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Family, God bless you. You can let it go. Give it to God, for he is strong. But never let go of your love. For love will find a way between your heart and mine. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.